At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. The following is an exclusive presentation of the Carolina Panthers and the National Football League. Yeah! This is Panther Talk on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. We didn't really get into a rhythm, you know, didn't do much in the run game. And really at times we got to make sure that we do a much better job really trying to protect. I felt like at times uh, we didn't have enough time to go through our progression. And then I felt like Baker could have gotten rid of the ball some, you know, for us not taking those sacks. So we just got to really watch the tape and uh, evaluate exactly, uh, you know, where things broke down, where things went wrong and really correct them quickly so we can execute next week. And now, along with Jim Zoki and Eugene Robinson, here's Anish Shroff with Panther Talk, live from the Panthers broadcast facility at Bank of America Stadium. Seven weeks remain in the regular season. Six games remain for the Carolina Panthers in the regular season. Full show today, Tom Luganbill will join us, talk a little college ball, Susie Wargin, We'll dish on the Denver Broncos, but as always, we lead things off with the head coach of the Carolina Panthers, and that is Steve Wilkes. And, uh, Coach, before we get to Sunday's game, I want to start on a, on a different note. This is Thanksgiving week, so if you could take a second to pause and reflect, what are you thankful for? I was just really thankful for life itself. When you, when you look at some of the uh, senseless things that we've – uh, witness here in society lately, you know, the shooting in Colorado, the unfortunate incident with the football players in Virginia, uh, you know, just, just, just very precious just to, um, to have life and, uh, you know, and be around family and just enjoy each other. And coach and on that same vein, what would be the schedule this week? Since you, you have Thanksgiving, what will the players do this week as far as schedule is concerned? Uh, I talked to the guys today about uh, moving the schedule up on Thursday, uh, so we can so they can have time rather to really get out of here early and go fellowship and have dinner with their families. And then, importantly as well, favorite side dish. <laughs> there you go, mac and cheese, oh, baby. You. Yeah, well, you got to go with the mac and cheese, and I love my candy yams. Oh yeah, right, there you go. You don't put the turkey in the fryer, do you? Oh yes, we do. You yeah. do okay. You, you just got to be careful with that. I was just saying. I said you yeah. said it like you had an issue. I think it's, like, it's <laughs> yeah, I think great. You had an issue. 
Yeah, so again, you, you hear stuff sometimes. Well, Coach, let, let's talk. <laughs> uh, let's talk a little ball. I know you said earlier at your press conference you'll make a decision on the quarterback position on Wednesday. What will go into that evaluation? Well, I, I think just really when you look at uh, Denver and you know some of the things that they create defensively, you just want to make sure that you know. Um, Guys can operate the offense, can execute the game plan, protect the football, get us in the right positions, be successful. Uh, and that's going to be the key thing with us. You know, we got to, you know, these guys do a great job, uh, you know, crowding the line of scrimmage. We got to move the pocket a little bit. So, mm. you know, just being able to get out on the perimeter. Coach, uh, what did you see from the Baltimore Ravens? I want to go, particularly because they were successful against the run, did you see a lot of eight man front? And off the eight-man front, did you even think about, hey, maybe some play-action passes or anything of that nature to go ahead and loosen them up? Well, yeah, they 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 definitely crowd the line of scrimmage. And, you know, at times we tried to, you know, take our shots over the top. Uh, they caught us a little bit with pressure and uh, Baker having to get rid of the ball quickly. So uh, I, I felt like, you know, you know, the times that we had them, we didn't stay the course. And, um, you know, Foreman mentioned it the other day. He took responsibility, which I appreciate as a man, you know, that he could could have done a better job. I thought at times we were trying to run too much east and west, mm. not trust the process and just stand vertical because, you know, things open up at the last second. So, uh, and then again, just taking our shots down the field early, just trying to loosen them up, as you mentioned. So uh, we got on the perimeter a little bit, as you saw. I thought we had some good execution there, getting the ball out. But uh, we just got to be more um, efficient, in my opinion, you know, late in the game, particularly uh, protecting the ball. Baltimore is really good up front, uh, in particular on defense, good defense all the way around. And uh, did that lead to maybe some of the, uh, the the times where the offensive line didn't win as, as often as they have the last couple of weeks? Well, yeah, I mean, they, I mean they're, they're very talented across the board. I mean, you could see that yesterday um, just on paper alone, and they went out and executed and performed well. Uh, you know, we got to do a great job of really once we come off the double team, it's really getting to the second level. Mm. We didn't do that consistently enough yesterday, and the linebackers made a lot of plays where in the past you've seen that with us. We, we get movement and we come off on the linebackers. Next thing you know, you know, Foreman and uh, Chuba, those guys six, seven yards down the field. So uh, it starts up front, and those guys accepted the challenge that I put on on them today, and I know they're going to respond this week. Well, one thing I thought you you guys did extremely well is that you were able to contain Lamar Jackson, as dangerous as he is. So what went into that, Coach? I think sometimes I saw Franklin. I saw I saw Shaq. I, I saw Frankie Louisville. I saw a number of guys spying this, this young man to make sure that we can keep him in check. And then the discipline, if you have outside contain, you stay outside. I saw that kind of in, in force. And, and I don't know if that was a, a big emphasis in, in, the, in the game plan. It was. You know, when you play an offense like this, the word that you mentioned was discipline. And, you know, you really have to be disciplined and understanding your assignment and everybody executing and doing their job. Um, they had 115 yards rushing. These guys normally average 168. Yep. And, and really, when you look at probably maybe two, three miscues on our part, it probably would have, would have been less than 100 yards rushing, which is very impressive with this kind of offense. So, um, you know, those guys did a great job. As you mentioned, uh, I'm very proud of Sam Franklin, the way he came in. He's a special team speeding on for us, but he came in and made some critical plays yesterday, um, you know, on the defense. And being outside, setting the edge when he was supposed to, yep. you know, striking the shed, making tackles. Uh, you saw his 
his speed and athleticism for getting over the top. So uh, very proud of him stepping up and making the plays that he did yesterday. And then following up on, again, a great defensive game all the way around, uh, but there was that moment where with about eight and a half minutes ago where Shy fumbles, sudden change. And just talk about that that emotion and that momentum because then Drake hits with the 28-yard run and then next thing Lamar's in the end zone there. But that mentality as coaches, I know you probably warn about it, of course, all the time, but that, that mentality of players with the sudden change and having to come out there after playing a great game defensively the whole way. Well, that's what we are uh, as a team, and that's what I told the guys. You know, we got to hold them to a field goal in, in that situation, regardless of what happened. And Shy understands the importance of holding on to that ball. But, you know, you turned it over, defense, let's go out there and let's hold these guys to a field goal. And, you know, when you look at that one particular play that got him down there, uh, the corner's in great position. You know, he got a crack the place to make that tackle. And that's the one thing that showed up late in the game right here was just our uh, lack of tackling right here. And mm. um, it hurt us. Coach, with uh, Denver being the opponent this week and Russell Wilson's, you know, mobility in the pocket and ability to buy time, even though he hasn't had, you know, a typical Russell Wilson season yet, um, do some of the same principles apply for Lamar Jackson that apply for Russell Wilson? Uh, I think some of those will carry over. When you look at his history and his past, uh, he's he's definitely uh, a guy that can buy time with his feet, um, you know, make – make the plays when, when needed. Uh, we've had definitely uh, some battles over the years with Carolina and Seattle, uh, so I've seen his magic, and uh, he's still a good football player. And, and Coach, uh, I know that one of the biggest stats that I know I look at for uh, defense, how good it is, or offense, is that third down stat, being able to stay on the field and being able to get off the field. What did you tell your team um, after going for one for uh, three for 12 or whatever it was, it was like 25%, what did you tell the offense about that stat has to that narrative has to change if we're going to be successful uh, it does Eugene and, and, and to be quite honest we talked about that early in the week because um, Ravens were, were uh, a team that really controls the ball I think when, when I talked to him about it, I think it was like 26 minutes and some change uh, of time of possession and one of the ways to combat that is number one converting on third down and not giving them the ball back. And then also defensively, we got to be able to get off the field and give the ball back to the offense. So, uh, yes, they were. we were 3 for 12 or 25%, and then they were 6 for 15 yeah. for 40%. And what happened with us, you know, I think minus two, uh, we had so many uh, six-plus third downs, and, and you can't win doing that. You know, you got to find a way to create some momentum and some positive plays on first and second downs. So, therefore, you stay in that third and manageable, third and five, third and four. You guys, of course, handled it well because Baltimore didn't score until a field goal right at the end of the half. But was it surprising to some degree they came out and, and threw the ball the first six times, the first six plays they had? Uh, yes, it was uh, initially. But uh, I felt like, you know, they were trying to, um, you know, loosen us up a little bit and maybe some things that they talked about and worked on uh, during the bye week trying to break tendencies. And, and Coach, quickly, what is your message in the locker room? Because they're not far off. I mean, it really – I mean, this this game is always about inches. It's always about making a play mm-hmm. or someone making a play. Uh, um, something changes in, in a game, and, and you have to be that agent of change. So what do you tell the team? Because you're not that far off. Yeah, we're, we're not. We're not. And, you know, it's, it's about finishing. 
and trying to create that finish mentality. You know, we play well, uh, as Jim mentioned, you know, for three and a half quarters. Uh, and then, you know, roughly late in the fourth quarter right here, we, you know, we gave the ball up and we couldn't come up with a play on defense. And uh, when you look across the board in all three phases, you know, I challenge the guys today, like our star players got to play like stars. Mm. And, you know, um, you know, we, we, we drafted you for a reason. We paid you for a reason. We signed you as a free agent for a reason. And uh, I need those guys to step up and make plays. And uh, when you look at our, our core guys, uh, our, our role players, you know, like, you know, Barno, um, Sam Franklin, as I mentioned earlier, those guys stepping up, you know, that's when you really come together as a team because your star players are playing and your role players are contributing. Uh, Coach, one of the players that you mentioned at your press conference today, C.J. Henderson, we know his potential and we know his athleticism and what he's capable of. What's the challenge for him in terms of finding that consistency well I think that's just it you know um he needs to be more consistent yes he, he does have the talent uh he can be one of the best corners in, in the National Football League you know with the talent that he has but you know talent alone is not going to get you, you got to put the time and effort in and most importantly you got to go out and execute so uh we got to help him with our calls and most importantly he got to detail his technique mm. within the calls you know um there's too many times you know we, we're giving up the the hitches and the outs uh, when we got to get in our toolbox and understand based off what happens uh, in our progression of reads when two goes away, that, that's, that's something that we can do to really put ourselves in a better position on one. And, Coach, to your point, there was a, a, a third down, maybe a third down and maybe eight, and he was off the ball. And I thought, okay, he's just off the ball about seven, eight yards. And as he was off the ball seven, eight yards, the running back, I mean, the receiver went right to the sticks. And I thought, based on the position he had, I said, oh, this is going to be an interception. But he hesitated. He hesitated. Yeah, he got to believe number one in, in in his technique and believe in the call. Um, and and you're right. You know, you, you're sitting there playing the situation, and you flat foot flat foot read at the skit at the stick. Excuse me, and you don't want to backpedal. And that's no. what happened with him right there. He gave a little bit of ground, which created too much separation. Coach, we appreciate your time. It's Thanksgiving week. Hope you get some quality time later this week with the family. And thank you again. Thank you, Coach. Hey, wish, wishing all you a happy uh, Thanksgiving as well, okay? Take Thanks, care. Coach. Appreciate Thanks, it. Thank you. Appreciate it, Coach. Panthers head coach Steve Wilkes. Carolina has Denver coming up for week 12, 3-8 and eight after the loss to the Ravens over the weekend. Time to get back to work. Another week. Still games ahead. Division got a little trickier yes, with Tampa, New Orleans, and Atlanta all winning. More to do on Panther Talk. We'll hear from Susie Wargin, who covers the Broncos. Tom Luganbill dishes on the top quarterback prospects in the upcoming draft. And we'll hear from Bradley Bozeman and his charitable ambitions during this holiday season. This is the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. This is Panther Talk on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Brought to you by Bank of America, official bank of the Carolina Panthers. Panther Talk continues in a Shroff, Eugene Robinson, Jim Zoki. Let's shift gears. Uh, a lot of chatter on the quarterback position here at Carolina. We'll get an answer on Wednesday as to who starts on Sunday against Denver and Obviously, it's a position that has generated interest going forward beyond this season as well. That is going to be 
a big area of emphasis in the offseason, no doubt. And somebody who has a, about as good of a read on this as anybody I know, and it pains me to say this, is Tom Luganbill. Hello, buddy. Uh, ESPN College Football Analyst, National Director of Recruiting. You, you've seen most of these quarterbacks, Tom, right, since uh, they were playing high school football. Yeah, really. Uh, and thanks for having me, Anish, uh, and fellas. Uh, you know, some of these guys going back to when they were 14 and 15 years old, you know, and it's it's always a difficult projection. You know, the younger they are, the harder they are to project because the, the more unknown variables there seem to be. And then, you know, the older they become as they enter into the draft process, the more of a sample size you have, more maturity yeah. you have, more definitives you have. So always a challenge when projecting quarterbacks. So before we get into specific names, I want to throw a two-word phrase at you that we hear a lot, which is, system quarterback and we hear it sometimes as a pejorative to me tom and tell me if i'm wrong system quarterback means you have a coaching staff who is aligned with the skill set of the quarterback right i think to some degree yes um i think that's part of it and i think that's where the smart coaches are above and beyond what their quote-unquote system is for example well we're going to be this. No, we're going to be what our quarterback can do. We're going to, we're going to build the thing around the quarterback and we're going to accentuate his strengths and mask his weaknesses. Now, I think that's part of it. The other part of it is, you know, what is the quarterback asked to do in the offense? Um, how are they asked to process? Are they, are they having to commit to full field progression reads? Are you cutting the field in the half? which means you're cutting coverage in half and you're, you're simplifying things. Yeah. How much of the game is being called from the sideline and not really at the line of scrimmage in the sense that are you a player that is asked to operate and manage this offense at the line of scrimmage, make good decisions pre-snap, in and out of play, so on and so forth, and then be able to process and, and, and digest what happens post-snap and get the ball to where it's supposed to go because – you take, I'll give you a prime example. You, you, you look at the air raid offense and how prolific it's been at the collegiate level. But then you also look and you say, well, how many times have we seen a guy pass for four, you know, 4,400 yards and 42 touchdowns and complete 71% of his passes? And then none of those guys pan out at the next level. I mean, when you really break it down, there's Patrick Mahomes. That's, that's who there is right now. Um, in relationship to guys that have come from that type of system. So, you know, you look at a Hendon Hooker, um, injury notwithstanding, but, you know, you look at a Hendon Hooker, you look at that offense, you look at that system. We've seen what others have done, whether it was Dylan Gabriel at, at, at UCF, um, whether it was Matt Corral at, at Ole Miss under Jeff Levy last year. You know, those guys have done really, really well. How do you project that to the National Football League level? I think it's really challenging. So, Tom, uh, I – I want you to outline for me what would be what would be the characteristics or what are you looking for in a quarterback to outline and say, hey, this quarterback right now is can be potentially pro ready if you see these certain criteria that they meet or parameters that he meets. What is that? I think the top two things are accuracy and decision making. Those two things have to be paramount. Um, and then when you're looking at some of the traits that you'd like to have, traits that I would deem to be uncoachable, um, 
mental toughness, competitive temp, uh, temperament, um, aptitude to process quickly. Um, let's take a guy like Bryce Young, for example. He's not going to check a lot of boxes physically for people, but he's one of the best processors and anticipatory throwers and instinctive players that we have in the, in the college game right now. So there's going to be some other traits that will trump some boxes that he doesn't check. But if you're not accurate and if you don't make quality decisions with the ball, in my opinion, I, I don't know if it matters how tall you are, how strong your arm is, um, how fast you run. You've got to do those two things first, and then you'd like to be able to confirm that, again, you've got mental toughness and competitive temperament and then, of course, we're always going to look at leadership, but I also think there's a variety of different ways to lead um, at the position. But it begins and ends with accuracy and decision-making. So do you think he would be overlooked by some, like, just like uh, Stephen Curry was overlooked? Because you see when he came out six feet tall, 145, 50 pounds, he can't withstand the, the rigors of, uh, of, of NBA basketball. Is that the mm-hmm. same thing that you're saying about a Bryce Young? Yeah, I think, unfortunately, he could fall victim to that to some degree based off of who's making the decisions, what teams value, you know, each and every personnel department and all the work that's going into the evaluation of of a very, very, very large sample size. There are going to be some people that are concerned about durability, all right? They're they're concerned about, um, you know, potential injury that could come with his type of stature. Now, it's interesting because – You know, you look at a Russell Wilson, you look at a Kyler Murray, and you say, okay, uh, even a Baker Mayfield for that example. They may be on the shorter end of the scale, but they're not small. They're they're thick-limbed, thick-jointed players. With Bryce, Bryce is on the shorter side of the scale, and he's also a much more of a leaner build. And depending on that pounding and depending on – on your ability to withstand contact and collisions if, you know, if you're not able to avoid. Because I think Bryce is a really good athlete. Is he Kyler Murray's initial quickness? Is he Lamar Jackson? No. So then how much more would he be taking on physically uh, from within the pocket? It's got to be something that you take under consideration. So we began, Tom, with, you know, matching systems to quarterbacks. We don't know that right now as far as what teams. But as you look at the players, you mentioned Bryce Young in a couple ways, C.J. Stroud, Will Levis. You know, who do you think has uh, in a vacuum the most uh, success ratio out of the, the top three? Or do you have somebody else you like uh, in that grouping that we haven't named? Well, you know, there, there's C.J. Stroud out there, of course. I know there's been a ton of discussion and talk about Will Levis um, at Kentucky. Um, and then, of course, Bryce Young. Now, I, I think Bryce Young has some things that are just special, that are innate, that are internal, that he has. And again, not going to wow you with the measurable standard. Then you have a guy like C.J. Stroud, who um, I, I think is a really pure passer when it when it comes to just having a, a knack for passing. But what's going to work against him? Um, is it coming out of that Ohio State system? You know, the, the late Dwayne Haskins, I think, was a really good physical comparison to C.J. Stroud. I think you could have changed their numbers changed their timelines at Ohio State, and they almost look exactly like the same guy. We're seeing Justin Fields, uh, obviously, athletically having some success. Uh, But uh, will there be people questioning the success of an Ohio State quarterback as he moves on to the next level? And, again, that's for every individual department to determine. 
I think my biggest concern in this in this class at the quarterback spot is what are we going to get or see out of Will Levis? Because, it, and I'm I, I'm not saying that this is what this guy is, but you're falling in love, and it's easy to do it. I get it. You fall in love with the physical attributes, the natural arm uh, ability to get rid of the football quickly, the natural arm strength to drive the ball into the tight spots. You like the athleticism. He's, he, you know, he checks the measurable standard boxes. The problem is, is he's highly streaky. He has a penchant for turning over the football. And he's also been a guy that's been dinged up. Yeah. And when I look at that, unfortunately, I see a lot of Jake Locker. I see, I see a guy that you love physically, but you're going to have some questions in regards to consistency of performance, durability. Now, in fairness, and I, and I we know, said that about Josh Allen too, right? <laughs> there's no question, and he ends up hitting. Right. Yep. So again, it's almost like is there going to be is this a boomer bust type scenario with Will Levis? Because I also believe that you do have to take into account what's going on around that player. Yep. Right. This has been a Kentucky team that's went from being one of the strengths in the SEC in the offensive line to being one of the poorer units. It went from having difference makers and upperclassmen at wide receiver to essentially having two true freshmen for Will Levis, and he's been banged up. Yeah. So and, in fairness to him, you've got to consider that too. And, Tom, before we let you go, one more, because the guy I'm about to mention, it's in the SEC, might have the most raw tools of any quarterback on the planet, but production – has yet to align with the physical gifts. And he's a guy that a lot of Panther fans have gravitated toward because his highlight reel, his sizzle reel, speaks in the imperative. That's Anthony Richardson at Florida. I'm going to see him this weekend. Um, Does he scare you as a draft choice in the first round, or is he somebody that you feel, man, if he hits, you got a chance to hit on a level that that maybe we haven't seen? He scares the heck out of me. He has no business entering into the NFL draft, in my opinion. Again, one of those guys that is easy to get wowed by physical attributes, but you better start peeling back the layers. Mm. You know, I heard, I didn't say this, but I had a conversation with somebody on radio this week when somebody asked essentially the similar question that you just asked, Anish, and the response was, you're asking the wrong question. The question is, will he be starting for Florida next year? Yeah. And so... I, I, again, I think he's a guy that needs to be uber scrutinized uh, because the lack of consistency of performance, given his physical skill set, would scare me. Yeah, Tom Luganbill, ESPN College Football Analyst, you, ESPN's National Director of Recruiting, joining us. Tom, happy Thanksgiving. We'll catch up soon. Same to you and your family. Thanks for having me, guys. That's Tom Luganbill. Coming yep. up, we will uh, hear from Bradley Bozeman, Panthers starting center. He and his wife, Nikki, are taking over Charlotte. And still to come, we'll hear from Susie Wargin on the Denver Broncos. They're uh, having some issues as well. This is the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. This is Panther Talk on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Brought to you by Coke. Official fan refreshment of the Carolina Panthers. Here with Panthers offensive lineman Bradley Bozeman. I, I guess we should call you uh, Mr. Nikki Bozeman because your wife now runs the city of Charlotte, doesn't she? 
Yeah, I mean, when I first got here, people were like, yeah, but, you know, Brother Bozeman for mayor. I'm like, no, Nikki, Nikki Bozeman for mayor. Um, so, yeah, she's she's very involved. Um, you know, she's fallen in love with the city. I fall in love with the city. Um, just The city's just had their, their arms open to us ever since we came here. So uh, it's been just a, a great transition for us. You've extended your arms, though, to this city as well. What was it about Charlotte when you first got here that made you say, hey, we really want to embrace this place? Uh, you know, we've always been very philanthropic. Uh, it's always been something that we've taken a lot of passion in. And, uh, you know, we all have a platform, and, you know, we decided to use ours in that way. And it's just always been great. We've always been involved everywhere we've been, Alabama, uh, Baltimore, and here. So it's been it's been really great. Been able to, to do a lot in the last few months that we've been here, so it's been good. Tell us where that comes from. Um, you know, just I think both of us, our, our upbringing, our parents always helped out any way they could. Uh, other family, other people, and, you know, we, we continue to grow our platform bigger and bigger um, because of that. And, you know, we decided to use that and try to give back as much as we could because God's given us this huge platform to use, and, um, you know, we're going to use it. We're getting near the holidays, right? Thanksgiving, Christmas, all that coming up. What are the Bozemans doing in the Charlotte community? When can the, the people who are listening, where can they find you out and about in the community these days? Our Thanksgiving box pack, we did 2,000 boxes, um, and it took us about, about an hour uh, to do about 2,000 boxes. So it was, it was great it's a, for a family of four. Uh, we'll be distributing those on the 22nd. You can find us on our, on our website, uh, bozemancharity.com. Uh, we'll be doing that. We have a, announced a little uh, partnership with the brewery um, through our foundation. We're going to do a little... Uh, guest car drive with that where we adopt families and, and things of that nature so it's been it's been really good the social media stuff how have you embraced that especially as a couple uh you know i'll, I'll let nikki run all that i'll, I'll let and i always retweet i quote it you know i'll do that she's good at creating the content i'm, I'm better at just like keep i just keep pushing it out so uh it's been great though i know i know everyone loves it and i know she gets a lot of traction on twitter so she's she's been good at it since you were inserted into the starting lineup, there's been a noticeable difference in this run game. What do you attribute that to? Uh, I think it's just everyone, everyone all together, coming together, uh, being dedicated to the run. This from the head coach, to the coordinator, to our line coach, everyone um, that's been part of the system. You know, Deontay's been running his butt off. All our backs have been running their butts off. Um, and, you know, it's just everyone coming together as a collective unit. Five guys seeing the same thing. You know, that's what we hear when an offensive line is in sync. What does it take to get there? Uh, just a lot of prep, a lot of practice, uh, a lot of communication, uh, a lot of trust. So, uh, you know, we just we trust in each other. We know the other one's going to have our backs. Got a lot of faith calls in our offense. And uh, for people who don't know faith calls, they're just, you know, you, you know your buddy's going to be get, be there and he's going to have your back. Um, so, yeah, a lot of trust in this offensive line. Bradley, thank you. Absolutely, thank you. This is Panther Talk on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Brought to you by Atrium Health. Because you deserve to live your best life, and we're here to help. Panther Talk continues. Anish Shroff, Eugene Robinson, Jim Zoki, Carolina hosting Denver this weekend at Bank of America Stadium. And we bring in Susie Wargin, who is the Broncos team reporter. Uh, Susie, thanks for joining us. We've had a lot go on here at Carolina this season. You guys have had quite a bit that's <laughs> happened over in the Mile High City as well. So let's start with some of the latest developments here. Um, new play caller. That was a change for this weekend's game against the Raiders. Offense, I know, still didn't put up a lot of points. Besides the obvious um, changing things up to try to spark the offense, uh, what is new about Kyle Kubiak now calling the plays for Denver? 
Uh, Clint Kubiak. Kyle, oh, Clint, there's yeah. a, there's three of them. Clint Kubiak, you're right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The Kubiaks have three sons, all three with NFL teams, so easy to get them confused, Clay, Clint, and uh, Klein. So Clint is with us. Um, and, you know, I think it's interesting. He did the same thing in Minnesota. And so a lot of people have been calling for this for a very long time, saying, hey, let's do something different. How about Clint? You know, everybody wants Gary to come back, of course, but that's probably not going to happen, his dad. So we've got Clint. And I, I did see – you know, a difference. And I think a lot of people noticed this, especially in that first half yesterday where things were different. The tempo was different and it just seemed a little more comfortable. I mean, they have a big drive to, to start the game, a 92 yard drive and get a touchdown with, uh, with Latavius Murray. But then, then things kind of stalled in the second half. You know, we felt like we were, you know, right back to where we were again. And it's just, you know, some of the same old things. Melvin Gordon fumbled near the goal line mm. and, and Melvin Gordon gets released today. Um, bad clock, clock, clock management at the end. I mean, just so many things that then were the same old story. So where, where does the production come from offensively? So when you're looking at offensive, I'm looking at the third down percentage and it's at 28%. And that means you can't stay on the field that long. So where does that yeah. offense production where does it come from? Well, you know, if you had that answer, we'd be in great shape. <laughs> <laughs> if I had that answer, I could be coaching. No, you know, I don't know. We've had, we've had, and you've probably seen the stat, the injuries this team has had is insane. We've got the biggest amount of money on injured reserve right now as far as our, our salary goes, and our offensive line has been decimated. We got a couple guys back yesterday that's been very helpful. But, I mean, we just can't keep anybody healthy. It started in training camp when Tim Patrick went down with an ACL injury, and then it's just been like guy after guy after guy. Defense continues to go out there, hold teams to, you know, usually under 19 points. Yesterday mm. was the first time in I don't know how many games that they haven't given up um, 19 or less. So it's one of those things where we're trying to figure out, do, you know, is it running? Is it passing? We can't, guys can't catch. There were a couple of catches yesterday that were surefire catches, one for Cortland Sutton, another one for uh, Kendall Hinton. They should have caught those passes. You have to catch those passes on this kind of an offense that just doesn't have that, you know, every other play is a bang play, and, and we're getting something out of it. So when something comes your way and you're wide open, you have to catch it. So, Susie, uh, you've answered probably a lot of what is going wrong here, but we, we've got to bring it back to the, the big guy, Russell Wilson. And here yeah. we are, Thanksgiving week. He's got seven touchdown passes in, in ten games. And you mentioned some reasons that are around him as to why. But eyeball test, I mean, does he look like the Russell Wilson from Seattle? Because I think literally you could get any competent pro quarterback to have seven touchdown passes through ten games. Absolutely. No, I think that's the big stunner here in Denver is that everybody is sitting here going, wait a minute, we thought we were getting a totally different person than what we're seeing on the field. And that's where so many questions, Mark, come up where it's like, well, are they using Russell to his abilities right now? What can Russell do right now? Russell does not look like the Russell that we've seen for years and years in Seattle. Then you have people in Seattle going, huh, told you so. He's, you know, this, this, and this, and you guys should have known. And I'm like, well, okay. <laughs> it's like buying a house. You know, there was, was there a property disclosure involved with this? Because we didn't get one. And um, so, but it's, but you know, I mean, people like him. He's, um, you know, out there and saying the right things every time after a game. And I'm the one, you know, he talks to our, our play-by-play Dave Logan after every game. And so I'm the one that goes down, I'm at the locker room, put the headset on coach Hackett, give it to, uh, to Russell right afterwards. And, you know, says all the things in his post game that you should say, Hey, we've got to keep going out and we've got to keep winning every game. But it just, 
it just doesn't happen. And and is it is it the coaching or is it Russell? Can he just not do some things that he that he used to be able to do? So then, do we modify? And, and or is somebody so far beyond being able to do what needs to be done that you can't modify a system to work with the skill set that he still has? Yeah, and it's been interesting to watch, and I'm sure. Interesting would be um, one word that Bronco fans would use to describe it. I think they use a lot of four-letter words, actually. Yeah, this is a family show, Susie. But um, with the running game, you brought up Melvin Gordon. I saw he got released today. Chase Edmonds is now hurt. Uh, You got a couple of backs on IR. So Latavius Murray was still hanging around. Is, Is that the running game right now? He is the running game. Yes. Yeah. I mean, and he's, and he's huge. I mean, and, and that's, I, you know, I've heard people talking, why wasn't he in there at that goal line play? You know, when Melvin tries to instead of just get the first down, goes for the touchdown, fumbles the ball. Why don't you put the biggest guy you have in there? Who's been holding onto the ball and get Latavius Murray in there. Um, I, you know, I don't know. It's, He's, he's kind of been the guy, and seeing Chase Edmonds go out with that ankle injury yesterday, we're like, oh, man, we just traded away Bradley Chubb, got him, and now he's gone? I mean, it just, it's just like the hits keep coming. We get a blocked field goal yesterday. Um, you know, Crosby single-handedly killed 10, you know, not 10 potential points, but seven points with the fumble on Melvin. Then he blocks the field goal. And I'm like, you got one guy just batting things down and and, and – We've had two blocked field goals this year, and I talked to Brandon McManus, our kicker, after the game yesterday, and I'm like, I feel like this team just keeps having everything happen to them that's bad, and and nothing good is happening. So when you have all those bad things, again, I go back to what I said earlier, when a pass comes your way and you're wide open and you could be gone to the end zone, you have to catch it because you're not getting breaks. There are zero breaks for this team this whole year. It's it's super frustrating and not that you can bank on success on having breaks but every team gets a few here and there but I know you guys are feeling it too. I was gonna say when you get to Carolina when you get to Charlotte uh, there will be a lot of folks who can commiserate. Are we gonna score any points in the game on Sunday? Yeah the over under is 35 so there's a potential of up to 35 35? points. Oh wow. Our last game had 16 total points so we'll be thrilled with 35. Well hey I will tell you also enlist the services of Gary Kubiak. I played against some very good quarterback. He's playing back behind John Elway of course, but a yeah. good a good brilliant mind. A very good oh, brilliant. Oh, absolutely mind. brilliant. I've I've got a uh, I've got a podcast that's it's pretty local. It's called Cut Traded Fired Retired, which pretty much any athlete or coach will fit into one of those four categories <laughs> or multiple categories. And uh, Gary was a guest on there a few weeks ago and was just fabulous. I mean, his, his football mind and, and Mike Shanahan was my guest last week. So I've kind of had this Shanahan Kubiak combo the last few weeks and people are seeing all their pictures and they're like, why can't they just come back? <laughs> Bring mm-hmm. them back. Good mind. <laughs> it's Susie Wargin from the Denver Broncos. Susie, thank you. Appreciate the insight. And we will see you this weekend. We'll see you guys in the press box on Sunday, huh? Sounds good. Okay. Thanks guys. Thank you. Panthers. Broncos this weekend you know this might sound a little sadistic but it's it, it's kind of nice to see another team having <laughs> yeah struggling like, having having some issues three and seven baby they're struggling too especially yeah. a team that beat you in the Super Bowl so. oh yes I know yeah wow it's not a Super Bowl 50 rematch doesn't feel like one <laughs> no not at all this is the Carolina Panthers radio network Panther Talk continues on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. I got this. Everyone stand down. <laughs> stand down. Panthers, big game coming up after Thanksgiving against Denver. Injury updates are brought to you by Ortho Carolina at any of Ortho Carolina's 
40 locations, you receive the absolute highest level of orthopedic care possible from your first appointment to your full recovery at all points in between. Just hit some of the highlights here. Coach Wilk said uh, he'll know more about P.J. Walker's uh, latest status with the high ankle sprain when he gets the full injury report on Wednesday. It's always tough on Monday to get those reports. Uh, Corey Littleton uh, nicked his ankle during the game yesterday as well. Ortho Carolina, a better choice, official team position of the Carolina Panthers. All right, Jim, how about the broadcast roundtable? It's brought to you by Sitco. Keep your engine clean with TriClean Sitco gasoline. Sitco, let's go together. Well, it's Monday. A big decision on quarterback comes Wednesday. So I know everybody's speculating, but, uh, Jim, we, we talked about it on the air. Um, you know, the, the unfortunate reality for Baker Mayfield is that you know, he's 1-5 as a starter. And I think a lot of – of the, the a lot of the so-called baggage that Baker brought when the trade was made, you know those myths have been debunked. He's been a good teammate. He's been a good locker room guy. He's been real supportive when PJ Walker was the starter. We saw him high fiving PJ on the sideline. We saw the headbutt at the end of the Falcons game. You know, he's been a model citizen here. It's just been the production, and and that sort of leads you to believe that. I think there's a good chance of changes coming on Wednesday. Yeah, six touchdowns, six interceptions in those uh, six starts. So that uh, it doesn't impress anyone. His lowest quarterback rating of the season at 54. So, again, we'll uh, we'll know on Wednesday. Coach Wilkes said today he'll make his announcement, his decision. Seems like they want to get the latest injury information on P.J., whether that's that he's in the mix, which he would be for starter, or is the number two. So you can just roll out the whole quarterback rotation. But the one guy we've not seen in this regular season – is Sam Darnold, and we've not seen Sam Darnold behind this offensive line. And again, who who knows how that'll play out? Um, but he's not had the opportunity. Is and, the thing so it almost feels Eugene with six games to go, if not this week, uh, at some point it feels like you want to see Sam see. Darnold and what he can do. And his name has been brought up by Coach Wilkes about getting him some reps if he can before throwing him out there. But uh, he also said uh, today uh, he's ready to go. It doesn't have to be in that order. It could be that he could be a starter. I like that too because here it is: the offensive line is much improved. Putting Bozeman at the center has really solidified that offensive line, in my opinion, bar none. And the fact that, I mean, we're aggressive, we can run the ball. Whenever you can run the ball, you can pass the ball. I mean, let's say load the box up, eight-man front, then you got to go ahead and pass the ball. I'm anxious to see what Sam Darnold will do. I think, he, I think he will fare well because he's not taking those hits. But here it is, Sam Darnold, get rid of the ball quickly. Sometimes, though, as we found out on Sunday – you know, you run into a great defense like Baltimore, and it's got to be the other way around. You got to pass the ball to be able to run the ball. And mm-hmm. he'll, quickly, don't forget PJ. If if PJ's healthy, he would be my choice. I, I just why because there's something about PJ that he's 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 untapped potential. He's just as good as the other quarterbacks, but he's a better runner than all the other quarterbacks. And if he runs the ball, he becomes Lamar Jackson, and now you have to worry about it in the secondary, trying to go ahead and stop that guy. That's what he does not do. And I've always said this, if you would just run, and let me just speak from being a defensive back, I hate running quarterbacks because you can't stop them. It's hard to stop a running quarterback because you got to worry about the pass. You have to plaster. And so he has an advantage. When Baker Mayfield runs, you don't, there's no sizzle about it. You like You hope he gets to pick up the first down. If that's P.J. running, you think that P.J. is going to pick up about 25, 30 yards. That's what you think. And that's the threat he has that he does not use. And the problem is, you know, if we just had one guy, we would just have one guy. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> I mean, that's what you want eventually is you want to have 
you know, the goal is to have a franchise quarterback, but at the very least you have your A number one, this is our starter, and here we are Thanksgiving week, and we still don't have that. And we're in trouble. It almost feels like, hey, we have an open door number three. Let's open door number three. And you know, we had that discussion about the quarterbacks. Everybody's going to be having that discussion about the quarterbacks here in the Carolinas about the current ones on the team and then what's out there in the draft. That's going to be the major discussion moving forward, bar none. Well, and you have a quarterback room. So as you continue your search for a franchise quarterback, you know, who are the candidates to be the number two quarterback next year? You drafted Matt Corral, but you're not going to get a chance to see him do anything until you get back into the next offseason. Hopefully he's healthy by that point. Uh, but, uh, again, you got to decide you know, who's your second, who's your third guy, uh, potentially, as far as quarterback goes. And you know that could be here right now, whether that's P.J. or somebody else as yeah, well. I think the one part of all of this, for whoever the guy is this week and potentially moving forward, we're getting into the soft underbelly of the schedule. Denver, we talked to Susie Wargen, they've got issues. you got Seattle. I mean, Geno Smith's still the quarterback. That's a road game. They're not unbeatable. Pittsburgh... And Detroit winnable. certainly are winnable. So uh, there might be a few wins under that Christmas tree. This has been Panther Talk, brought to you by Atrium Health. Because you deserve to live your best life, and we're here to help. Bank of America, official bank of the Carolina Panthers. Coke, official fan refreshment of the Carolina Panthers. Panther Talk. Panther Talk. Panther Talk. This is the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.